0: hi and welcome to the lone star play podcast where we sit eat chat and repeat i'm your host patrick scott armstrong and we are coming to you from austin texas the lone star play podcast is produced by texas real food go to texasrealfood.com and you can search your city for local restaurants stores butchers farmers markets and more we're using organic fresh artisanal and local sources it's a fun site that brings all natural options all together
1: I didn't use my voice as much as I could. And I'm sad about that. And I feel like I have to do it now because it's so important that we make changes in November. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's so important that we make changes now and it is so important that we make changes then. And you know, I might lose fans and I might lose followers and I don't care anymore. Hello. Hello. How are you?
0: I'm fantastic. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing really good. Nice to, to, nice to meet you, Patrick.
0: <laughs> nice to meet you, Katie. Uh, wow. Great um, weather back there.
1: Oh, it's, yeah. Gotta love California. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what part of California are you in?
1: Um, I'm in Los Angeles. Um, uh, I'm in the north part of LA, Woodland Hills, Calabasas area.
0: Got it. Got it. Um, And so you were actually, but you were born in Texas, though, right? In San Antonio?
1: I was, yes. Um, I was born in San Antonio. And I grew up, my family moved a lot, actually. Um, Grew up in San Antonio. Uh, I I didn't really grow up in San Antonio. Sorry, sorry. I grew up mostly in Colorado. And then um, my family all moved back to Texas. So Texas is home now. uh, And I was born there. So you can't (laughs) deny it. (laughs)
0: Uh, yeah always coming back are they where where in texas are they now did they end up back in san antonio or
1: yeah yep they're back in san antonio and they actually have a restaurant um, oh really they do yeah so this was great for that
0: (laughs) oh wow what what um what's the name of the restaurant what what kind of food is it
1: so it's called fire walk uh it's off of the 10 and Hebner oaks what part of texas are you in
0: i'm in austin
1: oh Great. Great food town too. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, so right off the 10, um, you can see it from the freeway and, uh, so it's Chinese food, but they've had all kinds of restaurants my entire life growing up. They, I just grew up in a restaurant family. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So you were sort of prepping or helping or what hosting yeah. or something answering a phone call And uh, when
1: go back. They always make me work a shift. <laughs> I like it, though, because my brother runs it, and so it's like the way that I get to hang out with him, which
0: is cool. Oh, right on, right on. Hey, look at that, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's like, uh, that reminds me of Andy Kaufman used to uh, bus tables, um, I think, right? What Wasn't that the story, like even while he was famous?
1: No, no I didn't know that one.
0: Yeah, yeah, he used to, at some some uh, diner there in, uh, in California, he would bus tables. Cool. I- I, I don't know why, why. That's Andy Kaufman. You know, he's an interesting yeah. guy. You
1: have, so, have to work a waiting job uh, to, in order to be successful. So they say.
0: <laughs> you, then you would think I would be majorly successful by now if that were the case.
1: <laughs> do you wait right now? Wait no, right
0: now? no, not at all. I, I do the podcast. This is, this is what I do. Um, before this, I owned a uh, food truck and catering business here in town. In Austin. Okay. I I did that for about five years. Um I'm a chef. I've been I've worked in restaurants all over. That's that's sort of my background.
1: Love so, it. I love
0: it. Yeah. So um let's talk about um I saw gosh, I've been it's crazy. Like I've been watching so much of your show, uh, switched at birth, like for a week now. Yeah. Um oh, yeah. so yeah, I'm I'm in it. I'm in the show. I love it. I got I got hooked, my wife and I are 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 watching it. Um and it's wow. What a show. I can't I mean 5 103 episodes, right? 5 seasons?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was a run. It was uh it was a dream come true. It was amazing.
0: Sure. Yeah. Of course. Absolutely. How was it, you know, I have a lot of questions basically about your character and we'll get into Texas here at the end though. I I definitely will we'll get into it a little bit more, but I'm I'm curious about like I guess my first question would be just the choice of accent like for for you to go that way or were they looking at other actresses or I don't yeah. know.
1: So, okay, so yeah, Switched, I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy to think that it was 10 years ago too, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Time certainly flies. Uh, Yeah, so I had been acting for about 10 years prior to that. And um, at the time they did a nationwide casting call. Um, People could like submit videos on YouTube or whatever. And um, I actually went in for the first audition. I got the audition from my agent. I went in for the first audition without the accent. They asked me if I could, uh, you know, try to put on an accent, and I'd spent a lot of time in the deaf community, and so um, I just, you know, kept going back for the screen test and the work session and all those things, and uh, met Vanessa and met Constance at the screen tests, and uh, uh, yeah, got the got the part, earned the part, and um, I think that the cast assembly was really vital to the success of the show. I think we really we really gelled together. And I think that our showrunner, Lizzie Weiss, had a really clear vision of what she wanted our show to be. And yeah. we had a lot to say. Um, yeah. I'm so proud of that show in every single way. In you the should way be. You should Daphne be.
0: It's amazing.
1: So much. I, Daphne established, I think, a normalcy, a normalizing of yeah a deaf character on the screen and um, I don't know what season you're on but as the show goes on uh, oh okay well if you take the full ride um, (laughs) by the time we get to season five our characters are they're attacking issues with everything in their being you know Daphne never stood down from a fight and by the time season five comes around she's all in on a Black Lives Matter movement. Like our show was 10 years ago. Wow. And we were taking down the names in an episode. Sorry, spoiler alert. But in one of the episodes, they take down the name of the building. They take off the letters from the building because uh, it was named after someone who was a slave owner. And we were doing that 10 years ago. And I'm just so proud of our show. I'm so proud of everything that it had to say.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Wow, that's so far ahead of the curve, right? Like, that's crazy. Um, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's a definitely a show you should absolutely be proud of. Um, I'm, you know, the way when I'm watching the show, I'm in the first season, I'm in the first few episodes. So, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, this is also for y'all as actors and as a crew and everything coming together for the first time and working through all this, but it seems seamless. It seemed like you guys have been, do- like, first few episodes just seemed like it had already been, you know, a few seasons in. I'm curious if the cast, already knew sign like how to sign everybody just does everything so well in the show
1: yeah no it's just accredited to incredibly talented actors um (laughs) so i learned american Sign language in high school um and uh, my sister is an asl teacher and so i've been around the deaf community quite a bit um constance marie who plays my mom regina she had about six weeks prep time before shooting the pilot. So she was the first one to be cast. Um, or no, actually, I think Leah Thompson was the first one to be cast. But Constance was early in on the process. She had about six weeks prep, um, and she had to look fluent. And so... Um, she
0: did a great job, because she really does.
1: Yeah, she used her background as a dancer and, and used that to... You know, as she kept saying it was kind of like choreography. So... Um,
0: okay.
1: Yeah. But yeah. everybody... Just did such a great job. And I think the the show, the Kenish family gets to learn with the audience. They get to learn American Sign Language with, with the audience. Um, and so really Constance is the one who had, she, she bore the weight of that for sure.
0: I see. I see. Yeah, it's like, and when you guys get angry, there was a scene where, You guys get angry about, I mean, I know you may not remember all the episodes, but it's in, it's in the first season. I think even the second episode, I just remember the scene so much where you guys are having dinner, you run in to talk to her into the guest room and she's like, they don't, they don't want deaf people to drive and you guys are angry and the way you're signing. It's coming off. Like you could tell when someone knows how to sign when they're angry, because it's just like flowing so well. And, and even your signs are angry. Um, (laughs) I I just wasn't used to all this and, and there were whole scenes that you guys yeah. were signing, which is, I was, and I'm, I'm in it, right? Like I'm, I'm into the whole scene of you guys, signing, I feel the emotion. I, I just found it so powerful. I really do. I find it very powerful. And I'm, I mean, we're going to finish the whole series for sure. There's no doubt about that, but um, it's, yeah, it's such, I,
1: it's, it's such a, you know, I, I think that it's unique in that it captures emotion. Uh, and yeah. I think obviously all language does, but it's just so physical and you, you just, yeah, it's it's, yeah. Really, um, it's really expressive uh, and in some ways kind of therapeutic. You know, those angry scenes were always the most fun to film. Uh, <laughs> you know, let, let it fly, as they sure,
0: say. Sure, sure. Let the emotions uh, go. Yeah, that's I mean, were there times in a scene where it was like, cut, we got to do that again? You signed the wrong thing. <clears throat>
1: no we had an asl master on set and so we had somebody like watching our back for all that yeah but i was fluent when i started and then um vanessa morano uh her ability to like jump in and and learn all that sign um and fall in love with every deaf character that there ever was (laughs) just she her performance she crushes it she's she's really great um so yeah i don't know i'm it's it was really a group effort
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you can tell again, everything's so seamless. So you talk about like your arc on the show, um, you know, going from, you know, from the, from the first few episodes, obviously, till the end there. So you feel your character just became more powerful with the situation she was in, right? Because in the beginning of the show, she's not really used to being in those situations. I remember one dining room scene where your character and you do, yeah, you do such a great job of playing it where you're trying to read everybody's lips and you're and you're just like darting around and you can't keep track of it all um I find that just so fascinating you know I I don't know is that something like you learned you saw and did all of that come from watching other people you'd been around like you know using that
1: yeah yeah um I I think yeah yeah you use everything that's as an actor you put yourself in that person's shoes right and she's there's the line I always said, you know, the soundbite line was, um, there's, there's, uh, my favorite thing about Daphne is that she's a normal high school girl. She deals with boys and family and school and everything that a high school girl deals with, she just happens to be deaf. And um, I think that in those scenes, she, now, to be fair, to be fair, Daphne is quite perfect in, in, the eyes of the audience she's she's she doesn't have a lot of flaws so i i get the benefit of that um those come later (laughs) Uh, so so there's that but it's also as the actor you put yourself in those shoes and she's just trying to do the best that she can and so she's she's trying to please this new family and also remain true to herself and i think as the show goes on she really starts to really remain true to herself and cares less about pleasing other people. But in those early scenes, she's really eagerly trying to, um, you know, uh, make people like her. And as she goes along, she realizes that they don't have to like her because she has something else to say.
0: Yeah, that's right. God, that's so powerful. It's, it, it's just such a powerful premise of the show. I mean, really, if, you know and that is something that actually exists and to be switched and what i find interesting too about your characters that you're raised by a puerto rican woman right and then the other um, family is white and she's puerto rican my mom's half mexican so i was raised in a latin household so i know what that's like um you know was that thought of like into your character did you like sort of think of ways to sort of bring that in or i don't know
1: well, how did we do, Patrick?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was great. Um, you know, she she's Puerto Rican, and Puerto Rican and Mexican are different. So I do know a lot of Puerto Ricans, but there's stuff of the culture I just don't know, so it's hard for me to tell. But I thought it was great. I mean, I, I just love that dynamic. Yeah.
1: Well, I think that for me, you know, Constance has such a huge uh, presence in um, television history. Totally show like that show is iconic and is yeah. iconic. and you know I think she uh she has a lot to say uh to to every community and and you know we we tried to be representative of the Latin culture and um also bring up socioeconomic issues on the show and 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 that's what I mean when I say Lizzie had a lot to say. Yeah <laughs> was, for sure. She has a <laughs> lot of issues that she wants to talk about and she wants to talk about them in a really real way um later on in episodes uh bae's character has a a situation at a frat party that she starts to talk about on campus rape um we never shied away from issues and you know i with everything that's happening in the world right now i i I miss lizzie's voice yeah i really do um and i i think that uh I think that right now we need to use this time to listen more than we speak. Uh, That's, that's what I've learned in the last few weeks. Um, Especially when it comes to representation and, and, and I am fully aware of, you know, my privilege and, and, and everything. And um, I've been using this time to try to, to learn as much as I can. Um, And uh, while I say I miss Lizzie's voice, I also realize that, you know, we need to listen to a, a lot of voices right now. Um, and I, I think that's what, I don't know. I, I, I don't mean to go off on that tangent. No,
0: I, no. I, I actually wanted to talk about all this as well. So I'm
1: happy we, have to... a, we have a really big opportunity right now. And I think that the great thing about Switched at Birth is it, like I said earlier, it, it sort of made, an, made you aware that Daphne was a normal girl. Um, and it normalized deafness in your living room every Tuesday night, you know what I mean? Um, and right now in this movement, I'm excited to see what's normal next and what should have been normal forever. Um, and yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like, if y'all were to do the show now, I mean, you talk about missing her voice, and obviously if you had that platform to talk about these issues, and it sounds like you guys were already ahead of the time and talking about those issues before, what would y'all do differently on the show, you think, now? Would y'all approach her, you know, her being deaf in a different way, or would it be the exact same way?
1: Um, That is an excellent question. I think that... There's an episode where Daphne is applying to colleges and Daphne, uh, I'm sorry about the plane. (laughs) 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 Um, Daphne, um, she's applying to college and on her applications, she checks that she is Latin. She identifies as a Puerto Rican woman, woman. yeah. Because she was raised by a single mother who is Puerto Rican. Now, that is highly uh, uh, controversial. I mean like I don't know. like that that was a hugely uh, discussed topic on set and like just everybody had an opinion about that. Um, I think that I would be interested to see how that storyline, perhaps, might be played differently in 2020 than it was in 2011. Um, yeah. However, it does bring up issues, and the point of the art is to make people talk, and that's what happened both on set and online afterwards. And so, I think that's really great and really powerful. But I think perhaps maybe that storyline. Yeah. I
0: mean. But it's real, right? Those are kind of real things that happen. So it's, it's kind of worth uh, discussing. Look, if you you can have the discussion, you're halfway there. Um, You know, I I think. So uh, I'm curious about, you know, with television and gosh, you know, it it must be difficult to when you're making a show think, okay, how is this going to be viewed 20, 30 years from now? Right. Like you look back on shows and let's say blackface, for instance, that's something right. That's horrible. Right. But you'll go back not that long ago and people were still doing it. So I'm curious at what point like you're making a show. Do you even worry about things like that? Or you just say, let's just make what we're in in the moment and we can't control the future. So I'm curious how shows deal with that.
1: It's really interesting. I feel like we uh, we try to speak to what is happening right now. Right. And I think you can speak to the moment. And and I think that that. Um, Uh, I am fully aware that in 2020 I would not have been cast in the role of Daphne Vasquez. Oh, really? Absolutely. Wow. I have, uh, I have Meniere's disease, which is a problem of fluctuation of hearing, but in 2020 and really truthfully it should have been cast as a fully deaf person who lives their lifestyle as a deaf person. That's truly, that is the truth. I am honored. To have been given the opportunity to play a character who was hopefully uh, someone that audience members could identify with and relate to and maybe created a little bit of change. But I am aware that it should have been given to a fully deaf person who operates in their lifestyle as a deaf person. Um, wow. Wow. Well, I, I, that's crazy reverent about that
0: yeah 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 no that's i i can totally understand that it's got to be difficult from an acting standpoint because as an actor you are meant to pretend to be something you're not so where does the line draw you know where 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 is the line i guess i I, i'm i'm look i'm 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 half white and half mexican so i'm all about representation i absolutely i i've always grew up wanting to see more latin representation on the screen and latin's represented when i grew up in the 80s and 90s not just in a comedic way, really. In a lot of ways, that that's all they were always used for. So, yeah. I'm I'm all about looking for lead characters and people I can see in myself. Um, so I get that, but at the same time, I think as an actor, could a straight actor play still play a gay character, right? And vice versa, and all the other things that it can be, and where does that stop? And I don't know. What, what do you think about all that?
1: I think that's an evolving conversation. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah. you know, what was acceptable years ago is not acceptable anymore in so many ways. Um, and I think we're all learning. And I think as long as the conversation, as you said, as long as you're willing to have the conversation, you're halfway there. Um, and we just need to keep learning from each other.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's great. Um, I I actually interviewed Dustin Lance Black, who wrote the screenplay for Milk. Um, and. He basically said kind of what you said. He said like in 2009, they would have never gotten or excuse me, in 2020, they would probably get a gay actor to play Harvey Milk instead of getting Sean Penn back in 2009 because they tried to get a gay actor back then, but they couldn't make it happen. So, you know, it's such a and that's not even that long ago. You know, it's it's 11 years. um, So it's yeah, it is. I I just think it's got to be difficult for your industry, to be honest with you. I think it's got to be difficult as an actor. Um, what parts do you go out for? Where Where do you start casting? And yeah, but I'm all about representation, so I think there's a balance. And like you said, as long as the conversations uh, yeah. being had, you know, we're going there. What? Um, let's talk about some new projects. Um, you got going on, Katie. I, I and I'm and I want to know. I know how to say your last name right, Leclaire. So I just Claire, make yes. sure. <laughs> yeah.
1: Make Nobody knows. Sure.
0: It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it in an interview actually that I watched that you were in, and the guy introduced you and said your name right, and then made a point of that, and I said, "Okay." Uh, <laughs> and you're French Canadian. I I was just cool. Okay, then made that made sense because uh, I grew up watching hockey. So.
1: Oh um, sure sure yeah.
0: You know, it, it totally made sense to have uh, Leclerc there. So, uh, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, well, so since switched at birth, I've. Um, I don't know. I've, I've been doing some lifetime projects, Hallmark projects, stuff like that. Um, and then I also have a, um, I do podcasts as well. Um, so I, uh, three years ago met another actor named Brett Davern uh, on a project. And, uh, he had a, pro- a podcast that was already running and said, I need a producer. Can you come jump on this? And I said, absolutely. So we do, uh, it's a, morning style morning show um and we do it for an internet radio station called adobe radio and then it's podcasted afterward um so it's called the brett davern show and it's five days a week um and it's great it's really fun uh we've turned in the current times we've turned the show into um as much of a platform for the black lives matter movement as we can um and so lately uh Shows have not included as many like celebrity guest interviews. Um, sure. Mostly been using the time to, um, like I said, educate ourselves and then, uh, we have to pay our bills, so we have to keep producing content, even though <laughs> we're white. Uh, but we're using it to further and share our education and further the voices of our black community members.
0: Yeah, oh, that's awesome. And that's
1: awesome in general, as you said, like you know, it's pride month as well. And those, yeah, kinds
0: of yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's all together, right. There's a pandemic. Trump is president. It's like, what more it's things all could be about, wrong? It's I'm, all, about, <laughs>
1: people to vote. It's all yeah. about register to vote now, tell your family members to register to vote. There's so the news can be exhausting and the news can yeah. be depressing. And I get that. Yep. And you don't have to watch all the news to know one fact, which is that, we have to vote in November and you have to really stand there and think about which person you're going to select. I'm not saying who to select, sure, but I will share that I am not going to vote Republican in November.
0: Me Neither. I'm pretty clear on this show since the first episode, we're 44 episodes in Uh, my audience knows where I stand. Um, look, it's just who I am. I'm a Texan and that's just how we are, you know? Um, so yeah, I'm not voting, uh, for the man either yeah yeah that's where i'm at too um absolutely i just there's no question again i'm half mexican like we i go to mexico city a lot to visit my family and stuff like if you think trump isn't liked here you should go there like holy cow (laughs) they uh i mean they just um and rightfully so you know uh, and that's depressing for me to travel like that um i've never had that experience as a traveler. I lived in Europe for a long time, too. My wife's from Spain. And, uh, you know, when Obama was president, there's no problem. You got all the respect in the world. Um, it's so crazy how that's uh, changed. Um, I don't know if you travel a lot or I'm sure you've been around um, to things. So have you ever experienced anything like that?
1: Um, I mean, a bit. Uh, a bit I've traveled. Um, no, I, I haven't. I haven't experienced any sort of direct, you know, your... President is responsible for Whatever Um, I'm very close Friends with um, uh, A recording artist from Amsterdam Um, His name is Dotan If you look up Dotan music
0: I like that name
1: Um, He but because he's Dutch The immigration stuff directs him Very uh, very closely But that's my you know closest Thing to it Um, I don't I with Trump specifically I, I just He's he's
0: Toxics. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. Um, my wife uh, became a citizen just right before he became president. So we were, str- we were really rushing through to try to get all the paperwork done and, um, you know, get, get everything finished because we just weren't sure how it was going to be for her. Um, so I'm really, really happy, um, that that happened. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. You know, I, I saw on your Instagram actually that you went to a, gosh, I hope I get this right. It was the uh, Los Angeles solidarity March. Is that right? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. The, that looked amazing. Honestly,
1: it was was amazing. The thing is, is it's, it's, uh, you know, a really cool time. It's a really cool moment in history. I've participated in women's marches. I've participated in pride parades in the past that I I love this movement and I'm not afraid to use my voice for for what I can. To have the 50th anniversary of the West Hollywood Pride Parade, which is the best of all the pride parades, (laughs) (laughs) to have them decide to cancel it was really disappointing to me due to covid and then they go oh Oh. no no, not only are we back we are now in solidarity with the black lives matter movement and i i I, you, you feel so part of a whole in that many people and especially in that many people right now it was um powerful and uh, it was scary to be there, to be perfectly honest. To wow, be around the COVID for me, like I got oh, I see, COVID, I see. But, it, 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 but
0: yeah. you have
1: to go, like you have to face that, and you have to use your voice, and you have to show up and be present. And I, it was really important for me to be there, and so I am so glad that I got to go. Um, not to make it about me, you know, there was people there who were speaking about um, issues that I agree with, and. And you know, chance that I agree with. And, and it was really just a really cool thing. So I don't know if if you've gone to one or not, but I would encourage anyone to, to be as safe and take precautions as they as many precautions as you can and go as safely as you can. But I think it's really cool um, to exercise that, that right, that we all have that first right.
0: Yeah, well, I don't think we protest enough in America to be to be honest with you
1: Um,
0: yeah i think we should do it a lot more i think it should be constant like i just remember when i lived in spain for a few years like i swear they pro every day there was a protest it was just like every day on your way to work you were bound to just like roll into one and just like some hopefully somebody's got two signs and they give you one and just for a few blocks you're sort of like with the workers and then okay guys i'm it was, it was constant. Everybody always stood up for rights and, you know, workers' rights, human rights, whatever it may be. They, they are all about getting out and, and shouting, you know, uh, what the rights should be or go not accepting breadcrumbs. That's a good way I like to put it. They, they want to actually make change happen. I love that. I think we should do that more here. And yeah, you're absolutely right. It's, it's a, it's an American right to get out and protest um, and speak up, you know, and now is it the, the absolute time to do it so yes I'm glad you went
1: yeah yeah
0: Yeah. no that's awesome what what you know this is a crazy question um I'm curious if you worry about the backlash maybe even from your fans of supporting certain causes do you worry about those things or do you just always I'm gonna do what I want and whatever happens happens
1: I have in the past I've always been worried about it I would tiptoe around issues or, you know, try to say like, well, you know, if we only had gun control, yeah, <laughs> out of the side of your mouth and- Yeah. I can't uh do that anymore. It's too much, it's too big. And I didn't, to be perfectly honest, I thought I was one of the good ones. And in some ways, Fine, but I, I, you know, I didn't use my voice as much as I could, and I'm sad about that. And I feel like I have to do it now, because it's so important that we make changes in November.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's I agree. so
1: important that we make changes now, and it is so important that we make changes then. And you know, I'm, I might lose fans, and I might lose followers. And I don't care anymore.
0: I think that's powerful. I think, um, but at the same time, you'll gain some.
1: Sure. That's true. That's right. Yeah. You will. You'll, you'll gain the people. The right ones.
0: The right ones. Exactly. Right you'll, ones. Get, you'll, exactly. you'll gain people for, yeah, for stick, you know, people that respect you sticking up for what you believe in. Right. Yeah. That's, um, yeah. Uh, you know, there's a famous line from Jordan. Um, and I'm sure you've heard it where he said, well, Republicans buy shoes too. Right. So he's never he's always stood on the sidelines for such a long time. But he has recently, because of the Black Lives Matter movement, has come out. And maybe because his documentary came out and he's just on some high. I'm not sure. But, you know, he came out pledging 100 million dollars towards the movement. And he's finally speaking a voice that he has never done. Yeah. You know? Well,
1: you know what? I? I think that the George Floyd video is so appalling. Yeah. And so clearly wrong yep. that I think it it really sharpened the point on on something that had been building for a long time. But but when when you see the thing actually like you you see the whole thing, you can't you can't deny that it yep. was wrong. No one can deny that what happened was unacceptable. And it's been happening for so long that when there's one that is almost nine minutes, how does someone do that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy.
1: You, there's no, you know, you, there's no denying it. And so I think that it's so tragic and so sad, but it's really put a, a, a sharp point on, on something that's, you know, really lethal. And, um, you know, it's crazy. It's just crazy. So I think I think because the 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 um, picture is so clear now, it's really easy for people to jump on board. Um, yeah, included.
0: for sure. Do you think? Um, do you always think it's a celebrity's? You know, I don't know. Someone to say right, but obligation. That, that's where I'm looking for. Do you, do you think it's a celebrity's obligation to use their platform? You know, to do what? You know, for good. I guess I'll say, or just stay in the line. You know, or is it up to them? Or Tough question, I know.
1: Yeah, it is a tough question. I think I am really proud to be friends with people who speak up. Um, I think that... Yeah, in this case, yes. In this case, if you have not said something on your platform, you're wrong. You're wrong. Use your voice. Because... you speak louder than the person who has 13 followers. So, so speak louder and speak the truth and use it for good. And it is your responsibility in, in, in a lot of ways. I think in this case, it is so damn clear. Come on, jump on. And if you don't jump on, then, then you're not helping. And, and if you're not helping, then you're hurting. Um, I think in, uh, in, in a more broad sense, um, I think that uh, celebrities can choose certain issues that they want to be especially loud about. Um, if it's in the case of Marlene Matlin, Americans with Disabilities Act and closed captioning access was yeah. mostly, partially responsible due to her testimony in Congress and her using her voice to be as loud as it possibly could be um, in a judicial way. Um, and so if you have something as a celebrity that you're really passionate about and you really want to drive towards that thing, then i fully great. Great. Perfect. You don't need to pick up the mantle for every single cause. But in this case, I think this is a movement that's happening right now. And there's a lot of people who are uneducated. What is Juneteenth? You're in Texas. You probably know. But like yeah. there's so many people who don't know the history of it.
0: Yeah.
1: And if we have... X amount of followers and we can help further education and things like that. Like, of course it is your responsibility.
0: Yeah. I think, look, from a fan standpoint, right. From somebody just on the ground who follows celebrities, it, there's two types of people really, you know, I have friends who say, Oh, celebrities should just keep their mouth shut, you know, or maybe a football player or basketball player. Or something, right. Like that, ah, just, we don't want to hear, just, just do what you do. Um, and then on the other hand, you have people that basically pick and choose who they're going to support based on what they support publicly. Um, so I don't think as a celebrity, you can win either way. I think you're just, you know what I mean? It's like, it doesn't matter which way you go, you're going to make somebody angry. So the best thing you can do is just be yourself and, you know, go, go with it that way. Um, you know, that's my thought on it. Yeah that's what I would do. If, if, if that ever happened to me, I would just be who I am and you can't please everybody. It's gotta be impossible. Um, you know, I'm sure when you're doing the show, does it feel like you're in sort of a bubble of sense where you're just constantly working and going and don't oh. really get to see the reaction of it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you're creating but, it in a vacuum. I, I started in theater. I miss theater. You, that, that, immediate reaction from the audience is so uh oh, it's so, fun. It's so <laughs> fun
0: yeah that's crazy that, that 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 does have to be different right on the show you don't have how has social media been like from the show like when it started when it ended and what do you think it would be like now
1: um well it's interesting i mean i think that uh we got started when social media was really ramping up um yeah. And we used social media a lot. Uh, I, uh, and it, it helped the show a lot, um, I think. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I I don't really like social media all that much. So <laughs> I'm with you. I shouldn't be better at it, but uh, uh, I don't know.
0: <laughs> I, I tell my wife all the time, I would not have any accounts if it weren't my job required me to have it. Uh, like what to to be honest with you, that's um I just yeah, I, you know when I traveled a lot for many years backpacking, if you will, um, I wasn't on any social media or anything, and that was the greatest times of my life, I didn't have a phone, i didn't I had an email address, mm-hmm. that's it, that's the greatest times, um it's so simple, yeah, freedom, uh, complete freedom, um, yeah, I gosh, I'm just talking about that, it makes me miss it um, <laughs> so much, uh. You know it's crazy time that we live in. Um, Katie, what about like during the pandemic? What is what have you been? Because I know that's been absolutely nuts as well. I mean, there's just so many nutty things happening in the world right now. So,
1: Um, well, I'm a baker, so really, but I'm a baker. Um, So I've been baking a ton, um, which has been really fun, and um, baking more complex things and uh, dissecting. I've made croissants three times trying to get the Perfect that's the
0: hard it's so hard
1: on there and yeah so it's it's been it's been really you know it's sort of meditative for me when i'm baking and um and uh i have a freezer full of goodies because i just have been like i can't eat all of this so i'm catching <laughs> it away and i'll eventually give it to one of my friends or something and it'll be it'll be fine that's funny my <laughs> baking on the show, we have a one of our our cast members if you will her name is Maddie but she's from Nacogdoches so her nickname is Matadoches and most of the time I give my baked goods to Matadoches so she'll she'll be happy
0: (laughs) that's hilarious why baking over cooking I mean I know why I don't bake I don't like the science of it
1: see I love the science of it that's why yeah it's the chemistry and the thickness and the I'm good at following directions
0: (laughs) (laughs) maybe that's why i'm not good at it uh i can't i'm all about just the taste the flavor yeah yeah just going with it it. (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. i like that there's room for error because i make a lot of errors so um when you're cooking that's that's very nice to have Uh, with baking
1: yeah
0: you cannot screw up in baking it's like it's done with it's over
1: yeah it's a little it's a little unforgiving. It's I, very unforgiving. I make my favorite thing to make are macarons, but they're only successful, you know, six out of 10 times. <laughs> those are
0: hard. Those are so hard to make. Like I've never even attempted. I would never even attempt that. I don't think I, I'd have to get paid. But <laughs> that would be it. Some money. I'll pretty much make anything for money. I, I did that for a long time. That was it. <laughs> Let's cook. Um do you, have a, do
1: you have a chef now? Do you have a restaurant
0: now? No, no. I just do the podcast. Um, I don't know if I'll go back to it, to be honest. I, I may I need a break yeah. from it. I, I've done it for a lot many, many years, 15 years, and I just need a break. It's a very I don't know if you know any chefs, but it's a very grueling, sacrificing job. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, you don't get to see okay. family, you know, you help everyone else celebrate you know christmas holidays you know
1: thing about when i was saying about theater where there's that instant reaction from the audience I, w- I actually was thinking about for a chef it's kind of you get that like do you get to see the joy on people's face and that's why you keep going back
0: sometimes yeah yeah for sure when somebody um you know you see somebody take a bite of something you made and they make a great face that's everything that definitely is why it keeps you going and if somebody just comes up and compliments you and says that was the greatest whatever i had or whatever they say absolutely that little spark of something you put in and it will just make you work the next 12 hour shift on your feet with no break like so yes okay. that that's it that's it um, but if you're stuck in the kitchen depends how the kitchen's set up because sometimes you can be stuck in the kitchen working under a flame as we'll say, and you' never get to see anything so that is not fun yeah. I will say so yes, uh, if you can get the reaction so if when you're out to eat and you enjoy something, tell the waiter to tell the chef you like it, I promise I that will go a long I way
1: I will do that from now on that's great. Yeah.
0: it uh, it goes a long way for sure um well Katie, um look I have gosh this has been such an awesome um, conversation. is there anything else that you wanted to? throw out to people or anything you wanted to end with or
1: just um, I, I, we, every day on the podcast, we end our show by saying, be kind and take care of each other. And I just want to echo that sentiment now, just this time more than ever be kind and take care of each other.
0: I like that a lot. That's a perfect way to end that. So, all right, well enjoy the rest of your day. Um, as I tell, tell everyone stay safe out there. Yeah, you too. Thanks, Patrick. All right. I really hope you enjoyed that podcast as much as I did. If you have any questions for me, please feel free to email the podcast at Patrick at Texas dot com. And don't forget, you can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, you know, all the different places you can get podcasts. You'll you'll find us on there or you can just go to our website, go to the Lone Star Plate. Dot com and you can check us out on youtube if you want to watch it you know we video these not you know on a little webcam here and go to the texas real food youtube channel and you can find it there. Make sure to follow uh, Texas Real Food as well on Instagram and Facebook. Subscribe. Um, And if you, you know, are so inclined, please leave us a review anywhere you can. You know, follow us on Spotify or leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That would really help us out. Thanks again for listening. Really do appreciate it. Um, Without you guys, we'll, you know, what's the point of doing this? So if you have any suggestions on how we can make the show better, please let us know. Thanks again. Be safe out there. Wash your hands.